Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters, complete document reviews, and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I am so delighted today to have one of our authors from our new bestseller, number one bestseller in two categories with Amazon impact, empowering, motivational, powerful acronyms for cognitive thinking. And so with us today is Dr. Rolando Schmidt, otherwise known as Dr. Rowe. She goes by Dr. Rowe. So welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It's an honor. Of course, of course. Just so happy to have you here. And I want you know, I want to talk briefly about the book since you were in it. And this is how we met. I'm so excited about that. And then we're going to go on to other things. But so your chapter in this book is called Lead. We have a couple of leaps in there as well. So I want to talk about some of those pieces, but organically. We're not going to go through each one of those because you Steve, you can get the book. You can get the book on Amazon and you can read all about lead. But I know that you'll be talking about that a little bit because that is what you do every single day. But let me just take a quick moment to tell everyone about you. Dr. Rose Schmidt, she's an author of a couple different books, actually. And I'll have you name off those books. I've got the name of one of them, how to implement change with minimal resistance with people, which is what people absolutely love. I want to talk about where that stems from. And then you're a management consultant, international speaker. You're also a professor and you really help a lot of people with management in leadership. And that's really where this stems from. But you are so deep. This is not who you are, or what you do. It happens to be what you do, but it's not who you are. There's so much depth to who you are. So I just want to say again, I'm so delighted that you are in the book. I'm so delighted that you're here with us today so that we can get to know you a little bit better. And I know you have something very poignant coming up in August that we'll talk about as well. So that said, 
Let's talk about your journey. Where did your journey begin? Take us all the way back. Way back. Where did your journey begin to becoming who you were that led you to being a professor and going into leadership management as one of the topics that you teach? Sure. So I would say back in the day as a toddler and then even as a teenager, I've always talked. My dad would say, man, you know, you have a motor mouth. You're talking, you know, since I was two years old. I thought and, you were uh, going to say you were bossy. <laughs> That's what this was no. <laughs> I'm born and raised in Florida. And I recall being on a beach with my grandfather and my dad, you know, and at two years old, you don't know what that means, but you know how the guys kind of look to the side at the women. So I came home at two years old to my grandparents' house and I said to my grandma, granddad said the headlights on that lady is really, you know, cool. (laughs) And my grandmother, you know, hit him upside the head with the newspaper. And I was like, okay, you know, at two years old, you don't really understand. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, you know, so they would always say, you just talk too much. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I've learned to listen. But in that stage, it taught me that I know with certainty that I have a divine calling and that's to write, teach and speak. And you never should hold back, you know, who, what your voice is. But I didn't know how that would go. So getting out of high school, my dad would say to me, and this was for religious reasons, he didn't really want me to go to a big college. I did like what Midwesterners would call PSEO or like a short learning of college. So I was in a two-year university or a yeah. Yes, like an accelerated version in high school. And I would leave school and then go to work after doing those two classes. So my first jobs then was as a tax accountant. And my dad was like, yep, that's what you need to do. You know, focus on this because it's going to make money. And so I did that literally for 17 years. And wow. You know, I don't regret going into that arena of finance and and doing taxes because it helps you to be organized and structured. But at the same time, I am so much a people person. So to sit like in a office and just be like, (laughs) you know, it's just not my personality. My calling outside of that was how do I help other people lead in a way that I can help them. So initially I thought that was going to law school. And after getting some first formal educations with my bachelor's and then going on to my master's, my mentor said to me, well, what do you really want to do? I said, I want to put pedophiles in jail and have them when they get out, put them on a farm in in Iowa somewhere and castrate them. And she was like, oh my goodness, you are so not biased. You know, she said, you're so biased. You cannot do that. You are a people person. So that's what led me to management. She said, you're not just a manager, you're a leader. And there is a difference. You learn that, yes, many people manage different things, not just over a team, but you're a mom, a stay-at-home mom, that's a manager. You can be a truck driver. You're managing how you navigate your path on the road. But for me, what did that look like? So I was managing an office, right, as a accountant. And when I left my religion, I lost my clientele because they leave you. So I kind of pivoted, got my master's in management at the time. And then when I graduated, I was asked to do a speech at graduation. And the president at the time of the college said, you're going to be a professor. You're going to teach. I'm like, you know, like, really? And that's how 
you know, life started for me in the arena of teaching. And I love the classroom. I love my students. I love imparting wisdom. I've done that for 13 years. And at this time, I'm actually on hiatus from teaching, not in the classroom, but I'm on hiatus from the classroom. My decision is not based on, hey, I wasn't put on this earth to teach. It's based on having a tragedy with my youngest child going to heaven. And I decided, do I want to be in the classroom for eight, nine hours and see kids that look like my son right now? It was hard. It's been 21 months. I'm like, no. So I am pivoting my life right now outside of the classroom. I'm consulting with individuals and companies one-on-one and as a group. And then I'm also kind of pivoting into ministry in a way because I am in churches directly speaking to people that look like my son and helping them understand, you know, that life is hard, but just know that they are loved. And so that's where my purpose of leadership lies. And I understand that I need to remain in that arena of teaching, speaking Yeah. And you and I've talked about that quite a bit, you know, and I know that that's the pull that you have, you know, many of us in this arena, in fact, in this crazy book are going through this new pull that we all are experiencing. It's amazing. It's, you know, we talked to everyone talked a lot about the word pivot during COVID and a lot of us made a pivot, but now we're making another one because that shift was a realization or shining a light on something we really wanted. And, and I know for myself, it's the same thing. Who showed up for you? Because I know it's been just a short period of time, but who showed up for you along this journey that you had of this transformation since the passing of your son? Who showed up for you to help you realize what you truly want to do? Sure. So literally when it first happened, I think I was on autopilot. You Mm -hmm. think in your mind, I can do this, I can do this. But when tears are running down my face at the smallest things, I knew that I had to get therapy, not just the typical therapy, but like trauma therapy, Mm -hmm. since I was home when all of that happened. So the person, number one, that showed up to me first is God, for God, it's for me, it's God. And my husband, we're empty nesters now, all of our kids are grown and out the house. So I will see him on a consistent basis and I could bounce certain things off of him, but I had to realize I couldn't trauma dump on him either because it affected him the same way that it affected me. Maybe not as closely being that my son is my biological son and he's the bonus dad, but it affected him. So those two first mentors came around me mentally, spiritually, physically to say, I am so sorry for your loss, but I don't want you to stay stuck in this place. What can we do to help you? And at the time, I didn't know what to tell them other than pray for me. And as they prayed, many people came into my life through a app, you know, which is basically how I ended up meeting you through Clubhouse. And and I'm just going to say it, it's Clubhouse. I didn't know what it was. I could just hear people, blah, blah, blah. But obviously God (laughs) is saying to me again, you talk, they talk, hey, you belong here. (laughs) And so I met some amazing people that helped, I would say, to amplify the gift that I have of writing, speaking, and teaching by having segments where I can still talk about leadership, I can talk about pretty much any subject, how to overcome the challenges. 
And that has given me a purpose because it's not just, and I'm not saying, I'm not making light of a pain because man, I would give anything to have my son back today. I don't wish this on any parent ever, but it's easy to get in the bed and never get up. I mean, I felt those days. But when you have people that show up for you in the mornings and they're like, hey, you know, I want to hear what Dr. Rowe has to say. And I know that I'm amplifying their voice and they're amplifying mine. It makes the difference. So in essence, the answer to your question is just yeah. connections to people who are divinely put in my life, close family, close friends, and people that hold me accountable for being productive to make the goals that I want to make. And one of them was to have a national best-selling book. I have written books, but not one that hit that level. So I'm thankful to you for allowing me to be on that platform to do that. Yeah, well, of course, of course, I'm happy to. So I want to ask you this question, you know, what has been your worst fear as you've gone through this process, you know, of stepping out and sharing you with the rest of the world? Because I can speak from experience and I know you can as well in this arena is that through sharing this story and sharing your trials and tribulations, it's helping you heal. You know, that's what being stuck is, is kind of consuming, letting it consume you and circle the drain. But when you start sharing this and, and it's like anything, right? You're a professor, you're a teacher, you know, that when you teach, you learn just as much as the other people that you're teaching. So what's been your worst fear in sort of sticking your neck out there to the world? Being judged, although people say, oh, don't worry about what people say. Man, if you only knew like the committee meeting that people play in their heads, and I'm speaking for me directly, you know, as a mom, it's like, okay, what are they thinking about? Why would her son do something like that? You know, what kind of family is this? And the mistakes that I've made in the past and having them surface, thinking to myself, is there any part of me that has something to do with what my son chose? Was I working too much? Should I have been there? All of those things. What are those thought processes? As far as fear in itself, sometimes when you become successful, and I get this quote from my cousin, Dr. Stephanie Henry, she always says that new levels bring new devils. <laughs> so oh, I am not, yeah. mm -hmm. yes, I'm not a, fearful person in the sense that I don't have faith. I know that God's there for me. However, that trepidation comes when, okay, what's going to be next? Because <laughs> I know it's coming, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes. The next shoe. Yes. I love that. I love that saying. So can you say that again with every level? Or she said level. with new levels come new devils. I love it. I love <laughs> and that it. is Dr. Stephanie Henry. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I think that, you know, there was an interview by Oprah with Oprah Winfrey. And she said, you know, she had interviewed all these famous, famous people. And we know very powerful people in the world as well. They said, what is the most common thing that happens with all these people that you've interviewed? And she said, immediately as the microphones are shut off and the cameras are shut off, every one of them say, was that okay? Is that good? Did I do good? Every one of them, no matter their category, because she said people want to be validated, right? They want to be heard. They want to be understood, right? They want to be listened to. And I think that's what you were kind of going through is just saying, hey, you know, validate the fact that I've gone through this process and just say it's okay. Tell me it's okay, right? <laughs> but at least that's what I'm hearing from you. 
and you're not through everything. I get that. But now that you're at least kind of on the upward swing here and you're surrounding yourself with people, you know, that were in the book, you're surrounding yourself with people from Clubhouse, from your new podcast as well. All the people that you're surrounding yourself with, what are some of the rewards that you're now seeing? Because to me, this is, you know, this is part of this podcast is breaking through glass ceilings, right? Through whatever that ceiling may be. It's not women in money all the time. It's other ceilings that you've broken through. I feel like you've broken through, whether you feel you're completely broken through is a whole other story, but you've actually penetrated that ceiling. Tell us about how you're feeling about the rewards that you're getting now. And what are some of those rewards? It's a blessing. I correlate it to grass outside. And I say this because my father is a landscaper, retired now, but it's something I grew up with for since I was little. When grass or seed comes and you keep watering it, it takes weeks sometimes mm-hmm. just to pop up a little bit of a blade and keep watering it. Yeah, it's just like, oh, but when you keep watering it, it blooms. And if you don't put like fertilizer and other treatment on it, weeds come through even with beautiful grass. So for yeah. me, I started with these weeds, with grief, with pain, with stresses, all kinds of things, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually. And by the blessings that God has brought to me through you, through others, I can get up knowing that specifically if I left this earth tomorrow by accident, that I have done what God put me on this earth to do. I'm sure there's more that I have to do, but I would be satisfied knowing that I did that. I honored my son. I'm honoring his legacy I'm trying to be the best wife, bonus mom, mom, person that I can be. And then owning the times when I have done something that I'm not, that's not so stellar, that I'm learning how to pivot to better pastors and own that and do something better. So it's been a mountain of blessings, honestly, just knowing and having the confidence that like, wow, okay, so I have this national best-selling book. What's next there? Well, more books, obviously, (laughs) you know, let me speak my mind. Maybe having one of those books turn into a movie that helps other moms and dads deal with the grief that I'm dealing with right now. You know, just so many things that I don't have to have trepidation or fear about moving forward. Like, It's not going to happen. When you step into your purpose, divine purpose, with humility and asking for help and being okay with that, it's like God just puts it there and he makes it happen. It doesn't mean for everything because maybe it's not his purpose, but when it is, it does happen. Yeah. Amen. I love that. So for those who are watching this video, not just listening to the audio, you happen to be wearing blue. Can you yes. share with us for those? I mean, I can kind of see it, but you might need to share your hair color, the string that you have, that one line that you have, or a couple lines that you have in your hair, but share with <laughs> us why you're wearing blue, because this is something that if you begin following Dr. Rowe, you'll start seeing that there is this thread of blue in everything that she does. When Giovanni passed away, which was October of 2019, A lot of things happened. I I wasn't sure what I would do with this, but then I had a revelation two months after his passing, like, wait a minute, I have this organization already. It's not a 5013C yet at the time, but I'm here to advocate for children and help them prevent abuse. 
And the name of it is No More Crap, No More Children Ripped Apart from Parents, yet another acronym. But I'm going, wait, my son was ripped from me. So I added suicide prevention in there. And a part of that was a vision I had of this bear bringing comfort to people. It's called Courage the Comfort Bear, and it has a blue cape. And I thought, that's the color. Giovanni loved blue, the same royal blue that I wear. Blue is also for awareness of high-functioning autism, which is something Gino suffered with as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then also suicide prevention and awareness has that blue tone as well. So it's a threefold purpose to say, anytime somebody sees blue on my nails, on my hair, make me on my phone. Oh gosh, yeah, I'm on your nails too. I didn't notice that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, blue at some point. It's going to be there. If I don't have it on my nails, it's on my toenails. But it gives me the opportunity to speak because people will go, oh, you have blue in your hair or, oh, your nails are blue. And so I can have that conversation without trauma dumping to say, you know, I'm advocating for my son. Oh, well, da, 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 da. And I tell them why minimally, but ask them to lend their voice to join me in this fight. And they 100% of the time say, sure. I'll do that. I wanted you to share that because I wanted to make sure, you know, there's always a charitable component to most things that I do. Not every podcast that I have every episode, but I love that charitable component. Cause as you know, I'm very involved in my church and in my faith and, you know, and with veterans, very involved with veterans. So I love hearing that story about how you are advocating for a multitude of causes you know, that are close to your heart. So thank you for what you're doing in that and uh, continue to do. So those that are listening in and watching can say, oh gosh, you know, I want to follow Dr. Rowe because she's, you know, leading, <laughs> leading the charge <laughs> for this advocacy. So thank you again for doing that. So I want to talk about what's next. You obviously have your every day you're on Clubhouse. Now, are you only doing that weekdays or every day? So I, you know, obviously have a busy life, but early in the mornings, I've been granted the opportunity to be with Breakfast with Champions started by Glenn Lundy. So everyone has different segments. There's like 31 of us. And my segment now has been merged with Trevor Houston. He's really amazing. And we are able to interview on Tuesdays at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time on that segment for an hour. So I typically support Monday through Friday for a few hours. And then I I treat it like a podcast. So it's in my ear. I'm there to listen unless I have a segment on Saturdays. That's my day. You know, I have to do stuff and I have date night with my husband. (laughs) And on Sundays, they have a church element in there at 111. So they call it Club 111. And people come for 45 minutes and listen to someone give a sermon. So if I'm why, okay, so I know the answer to 111 because I love that. I'm listening, <laughs> and I oh, I know exactly why that is. But some people may not know that. I'm really big on on that. In fact, yesterday I said, "Oh, honey, it's 111." <laughs> Can you share yeah. with everyone what one 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 is? <laughs> I honestly don't know what the 111 is. I'm oh learning God. that, and, and the reason I say that is. It's so weird because they also did an event for my son to raise awareness for giving life, like he donated life in his death. Yeah. And yeah. we had one, one, one people sign up at the oh end of that segment. Out of 9,900 people that came in the room, <laughs> one, one, one. <laughs> 
signed up and that was our ending number back in May. And I thought, what is it? So I can't remember at this moment. Oh, I, I know. Well, I know, I know. So I'll share. Yeah. It's a sign of angels looking down on you. Yeah. So, wow. so what's really cool is when you see a clock and it's one eleven. when you see one, 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 you know, it's a sign that God's looking down the angel. It's an angel. It's more of an angel thing, but angels are looking down on you. Yeah. And so that one eleven, you know, could have been your son, could have been other angels, right? Wow. Saying, hey, here's the sign that I'm here and I'm present. I'm with you. And that's what's so great about it. There was a friend of mine who actually introduced me to this a couple of years ago. And I was and like, I'm a 2-2 person. Like I'm mm-hmm. 22. I like 22 <laughs> for everything. <laughs> and it's just ironic. My mom had her stroke, which subsequently took her from me two days later on the mm-hmm. 22nd of October, which is my favorite day of the year. You know, one of my favorite, well, it's actually my daughter's favorite day because mine's May 22nd, but my number in school was 22. Everything was 22. And I just thought, well, I got double, double the angels looking at me because every time I look at the phone or at something, it's, you know, an email that comes in, it comes in at 22, but I also have the one, one, these two friends of mine, we all just collaborate. We had just released our first book, all of us. And we were speaking at this author's thing on panel and not too long after that, we just kept sharing. We were driving in our car and we'd see 111 and we'd share that picture and go, look at this, look at this. It's a sign. It's a sign. And, and the three of us kind of propelled our businesses together with support of one another through that. So it's just really a cool thing, but yeah, it's a sign that angels are looking down on you. So go look it up. Everybody can look it up. It's just, you know, whether it's a wives' tale or whatever, it doesn't matter. It just seems to come around yeah. and I'm pleased to have it. So you know, I love that you're doing that. So you're doing the clubhouse, right? And I know that you're talking about putting another book together. So that's sort of in the works, but you also have a big event coming up. And what's the name of your podcast, by the way? Uncovering Truth with Grace. Yeah. Yeah. So all about truth with grace from a management perspective, but also life and work because things come up and people want to know what's the real truth about that. So I try to interview people who will just be real and authentic about whatever it may be under that that. arena. I love that. You know, as a Catholic, we have something called fiat, which is, you know, for the blessed mother, uh, you know, where she appeared in Mexico to some kids and it's just called fiat. There's I'm sure a Latin language word for what it means, but we turned that into a, for something called Catholic business network, CBN. It's just networking Mm -hmm. with, you know, other Catholics you know, it's just like Christian athletes and that kind of thing. Young life, all part, I was part of all of those. Um, But FIAT, we took that acronym, another freaking acronym. (laughs) Goodness, there's acronyms all around this. I know. But we turned that into faith in action testimonial because what Mm. it was, was how do we use our faith in business daily? Similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. How did we do that? And, you know, what decisions did we make that were counterintuitive to, well, not decisions, but what difficult decisions were we contemplating or looking at that were counterintuitive to our faith? And how did we move through them and make them faith-based decisions rather than, you know, going the other direction? So I think that's beautiful. I love that podcast. So make sure that you follow that and we'll make sure we have the link here as well. Last but not least, you have an event coming up and I know this has to do with organ donation, right? So can you tell us about that? Because tell everyone about that so that they can take action immediately in the episode notes. 
Back in May of this year, I was introduced to Ashton Kutcher's better twin, I would say better known twin, who is Michael Kutcher. And they are, I think, just a few minutes apart. But when Michael was 12, he had a heart attack and he needed a heart or he was going to pass away in 24 hours. And Ashton himself said that he wanted to give his own heart to save his twin, which is so touching. But he did get a heart. A pregnant woman came in the hospital, and I'm only sharing those details because I have his permission. But secondly, we just hope to maybe connect him with the baby that was born from this pregnant mom who didn't make it. So he has a pregnant woman's heart, and he's been living 31 years with that heart, which is It's not like it's unheard of, but sometimes a person will get a heart transplant and they have to do more than one because it may not take or might happen. So 31 years is a long time. So there's a baby out there who is the mother or the child of that mom and they have not contacted Michael yet. We don't even know if they know, but I was introduced to him. And so he therefore is a recipient family. And I am a donor family being that my son Giovanni saved 73 lives with his tissues, skin drafts, his organs and all other aspects in his eyes of your book, right? It's going to be coming out. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm, I'm fortunate that he did that. So we merged together. We had this big event in May. And I bring that up because our goal at the time was let's get 5,000 organ donors. So in our heads, we're thinking it's not going to be any money. We're just asking for people to give organs. It's harder than you think. Cause it's like walk, knocking on somebody's door. Like, Hey, can you give me a kidney? You know, right. they're not going to go. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to go. Yeah. But we had this clubhouse event and in that event, with the amazing people who showed up for us, there were 9,900 people coming throughout that three and a half hour event. We had 111 sign up at that time. And Michael said, you know, this is not a non-success because we got 111, but we also had a woman who needed a kidney and someone volunteered on the stage to give her a kidney and 11 other people did too. So we saw that, wow, we changed lives. With that being said, Yes. Giovanni's heavenly birthday is September 15th of this year. He would be 20 if he were living. To commemorate that, we want to still hit that 5,000 mark. And I believe I'm going to just claim it in the name of Jesus that we're going to hit that goal before September 15th. So on September 19th, we will celebrate reaching that goal. We're basically celebrating Giovanni's birthday, bringing everybody together on the 19th. So that's a Sunday and it will be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because I can't be folding into the Club 111 because that's still on a Sunday, but it is at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And we anticipate having more than we had before with the 9,900 in attendance. There's going to be recipients, donors. Absolutely. uh, Lots of celebrities. What is it going to be called so that people that understand Clubhouse and that go into Clubhouse can do a search for that particular uh, call? Yep. So it's called Organ and Recipient Donor Miracle. But the best way to find it, which is very easy, is Michael, just like Michael's name, Mm -hmm. and then A-N-D, Gino. Gino is short for Giovanni, the number four life. So Michael and Gino, the number four life.com. Yep. And that we is have the that link. link. Yeah, we have that link. Yes. Well. Yeah. 
Yes, register site. When they go to that site, you're going to see all the information about the event that's going to be on Clubhouse. The greatest thing is now Clubhouse is not as exclusive. Anyone can come to the event. We want any and everyone, even beforehand, to go on that site, click the register button, get on the national database registry. It's not just enough to check yes on your license. What you're doing is giving someone an opportunity from a national standpoint to say, yes, if something happens, I see this and I also see it on their license. So we're not asking for much. We want you to just share it with all the friends and family you know, so we can reach that 5,000 mark. And it's going to take a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting when you do. And, you know, I think that's wonderful. So I'll make sure that I get on, get on there too. I'm already a donor, so I'm good, (laughs) good. but I'll make sure I get on there and share it as well. And what a great cause. And when you start talking and thinking about other people, so many wonderful things will come your way. And that's exactly what's happened to you. And even in the few months that I've known you, probably three or four months, you know, the transition and the opportunities that have come up just been great. They've been great. I was going to say astronomical, but that's not a word. Astronomical. <laughs> I was, I was putting some other other letters in there. <laughs> it's been that's astronomical. Okay. You can make up your own words. Yeah, I and, say make uh, your own and, words up, make your own acronyms. Yeah, yeah Bushisms. But and I make my own acronyms <laughs> all the time. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Yes. I made one up the other day and someone said to me, Hey, can you make one for me? And I said, no, no, I'm not really good at this. I don't know how it happens, but it just comes in. And that's why we called the book impact because everything that I said in an interview for me being in the, you know, I thought, gosh, you know, I'm an author in this book. I need to have someone interview me. <laughs> so I had my publisher and he said, you know, every other word is impact. And I said, you're kidding. And he said, that's what the yeah. end of the book needs to be. So it came together really well. It was divine intervention and just absolutely love it. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Dr. Rowe, to again, have an opportunity to speak with you and talk with you. And I'm delighted to get to know you more and I wish you so much luck and I will be an advocate pushing, pushing, pushing on the backside here to help you get to where you want to go. And I know that's not the end of our relationship. We'll continue to see each other. So I want to thank you again for sharing with us today, your story and your wisdom and your impact and your significance in the world. And I wish you and bless you. hope that God blesses you for great, great things to come. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you humbly for having me. All glory to God indeed. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.